Well, my friends, we've come to the end. Come to the end of a liturgical year, I should say. Sorry, this is not a doom and gloom sort of thing. We've come to the end of the liturgical year. We have spent the last season of the liturgical calendar known as Trinity Tide, the season after Pentecost, ordinary time, reflecting on what it means to be a disciple, a follower, a learner of Jesus. That's why Trinity Tide, the come, the hangings, and the vestments are green, because this is a time of personal spiritual growth, of the work of the Holy Spirit coming in us and forming us into the image and likeness of Jesus, about making us who he has called us to be, his beloved people, his ambassadors of his heavenly kingdom. But as I said, we've come to the end. But because we've come to the end, we've also come to the beginning. Next Sunday marks the first Sunday of Advent, the beginning of the liturgical year, the beginning of the rhythms and the routines of our life as a parish and as a church, of looking forward in anticipation to Christmas. And the first time that we've been able to gather for Christmas in two years, looking forward to that as well. And the first half of the liturgical year, as we know, is full of a flurry of activity. Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost. And then that long half of the year, as I've said, that is Trinity Tide, where we are growing in our discipleship. And that is why we finish our liturgical year with this reading from the Gospel, a reading that is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, where Jesus is calling those 12 men to him who will serve as his apostles, those who will go in his name to build his church, the rock upon which our faith is built, their testimony and their witness. And so we are reminded today in this gospel reading that we share in their same witness their same mission, their same testimony, which is to bring forth the gospel of the kingdom to all nations, to all people, to let them know of the great and deep love that Jesus Christ has for each and every one of us. So we stand at a crossroads, at a threshold between the end and the beginning. But this time of being at a threshold or a crossroad is important for us because it allows us to stand and reflect, to reflect upon where we have been, to reflect upon where we are going. It is a time, as I said, of the threshold, of the crossroad. And this can be an uncomfortable time for us because we are a people that are used to being in motion, moving forward, progressing, onward. We don't want to think about the past. We're moving forward. This threshold of being between the beginning and the end is uncomfortable because it reminds us that we all have a beginning and we all have an end. In the life of our parish, we are reminded of our endings as we mourn the deaths of Jean Roper and Marjorie Brown. As we move toward our own end, this can be uncomfortable. And we stand at this crossroads in the life of our parish, too. 
reflecting on where we've been and where we are going. The past four years in the life of St. James Paris, a history that extends back 182 years, these past four years have probably been some of the most difficult for us, at least in the living memory of our parish. A new rector. He seems okay. We have him for a year, so we've got that honeymoon period where we're figuring out the dance of rector and parish. And then he gets sick, almost dies, has a stroke, and then COVID, and then figuring out all that. And that's all happened within the span of four years. And so we're tired. We are weary. In our own life, in the life of our parish, in the life of our country, we are tired. So why would we take time to reflect on where we've been and where we are going when we're just so tired of everything and everything that's been going on? We stand at this crossroads because we are looking, we are seeking. What are we looking for? What are we seeking? This is precisely the question that Jesus asks to those disciples of John the baptizer who come to him. What do you want? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? That's a question of reflection. That is a question of deep introspection. It's an invitation. And Jesus follows up this invitation by inviting them to come and to see. Jesus says, come and see. This is a profound question that Jesus is asking, or that the disciples of John ask, that Andrew and his companion are asking, because they say, where are you staying? They're not saying, Jesus, what Airbnb have you set aside? What couch are you crashing on? It's not what they're asking. Where are you staying? They're saying, where are you abiding? Where is your presence? This question of the disciples speaks of an awakened desire of the soul for God. They've identified in Jesus the presence of God incarnate living among us. Where are you, Jesus? Where is your presence among us? And that is a question of reflection. That as we look back over the past year and years, we look back to see not all the injury and pain and suffering that have resulted, but we look back to see where has Christ abided with us through those difficult and uncertain times. Where has Christ stayed with us? Where do we see his hand most clearly at work in our lives and in the life of our parish family? Jesus, where have you been staying? But we look forward, too, in asking, when Jesus asks us, what are you looking for? That's a question of anticipation, of forward looking. Where are we moving toward? What is Jesus calling us toward? And this is standing again, as I said, at that threshold between past and present. This crossroads where we hear of the Son of Righteousness, the Righteous One of God who has come to indwell us and to fill us with His life. And we are also looking forward for that continuation. It's where we come full circle in the liturgical calendar. We have been filled with the Son of Righteousness and we are looking in Advent for His coming again. Is coming again as we celebrate in the nativity, back stained glass window. There he is, cute and cuddly Jesus. 
but also as he comes in our lives daily, as he comes in our lives through the opening of God's word and through the bread and wine of his holy sacrament, but also as he comes again to establish his heavenly kingdom here on earth, to bring forth his righteousness and his justice and his holiness, to fix everything that is broken and hurting in our world. That is what we are seeking. You see, the problem is, in our human minds, we often look for solution, earthly solutions that will ultimately let us down because they are just that. They are earthly solutions. They're band-aids for a more profound, deeper spiritual problem that haunts and plagues us all. So the deep hurt, the deep suffering that we've all experienced in myriads of ways in our own lives, we are looking for healing, we are looking for wholeness, we are looking for Jesus. Where are you staying, Master? Jesus promises us that he will abide with us. And he gives us tangible means to remind us of his presence with us. As I've said, he gives us his word, the scriptures. He gives us his presence through bread and wine. And he says, when you seek, you will find. He says, we seek the face of God and the face of our neighbor. We find and seek and find the face of God in our enemy, in our enemy. It's easy to find the face of God in the people we love, in the people we like, in the people we tolerate. It's harder to find the face of God in our enemy, and that is why Jesus calls us to pray for them. That work of discipleship that we are called for is the work of the conversion and the ongoing conversion of our hearts and our minds so that we may learn to love our enemy and in so doing, see in them the face of Christ, the Christ who promises to abide with us always. So we come here to seek Jesus in his word and in his sacrament, and we go from this place to seek Christ in our neighbor and in our enemy. But the life of discipleship is far from easy. We will fail. Despite our best efforts, we will fail. But this is why when we stand at a crossroads, we are reminded of new beginnings. The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard says, life must be lived forward, but it can only be made sense of backward. Excuse me. We can only live forward, but we can only make sense of our lives by looking backward. And that is what it means to stand at a crossroad and a threshold. But we look backward, as I said, to see where the hand of God has been with us, where God's presence has abided with us. And that's our foundation for moving forward. And the life of discipleship is summarized very well in the words of St. Benedict of Nursia. St. Benedict was kind of the architect of monasticism. And he said this, Always we begin again. Always we begin again. Every day, every week, every season in the liturgical calendar, every season in the life of our parish ministry and mission together, we begin again. 
And it is the grace of Jesus Christ that makes this possible. To extend that same love and forgiveness to each other. So we revisit the past, not weighing our merits, but pardoning the offenses of others, of those who have hurt us. And this comes straight out of the Book of Common Prayer. When we pray in Holy Communion, we pray that God would not count our merits, but pardon our offenses. And we follow this same pattern in our own lives, that we do not weigh the merits of others, but that we pardon their offenses. Because in them we recognize the hand of God at work. So my friends, as we stand at this threshold between the beginning and the end, let us remember that always we begin again. The past is the past. We can let it lie in the hands of the merciful God. And let us move forward together. Because always we begin again. Amen.